This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. Ready for week one in the college football season. My buddy Paul Stone at Paul Stone Sports. You can find him. Paul, nice work last week uh, on the uh, on the pick and uh, not off to a nice start and one to know. But I thought we did a really good job last week collectively, especially you, of identifying the rosters that were really depleted from defections, uh, and also the transfer portal. Hawaii, Wyoming, and Nevada. And although Nevada still covered the closing line at uh, seven and a half, <laughs> New Mexico State was the right side. Uh, minus five in a turnover battle. Uh, they had more yards, more yards per attempt, more first downs. But again, that fifth uh, and final turnover was down in the red zone to uh, end the game with the last minute to go, even when they had a backdoor uh, Illinois easily over Wyoming, and of course, Vandy easily over Hawaii. What team that didn't play in week zero or teams that are playing their first game this week one are in that same category? Because I'm having a hard time finding them after the big three we pointed out last week. Yeah, I think those were really the big three, Jenny. But, you know, looking to the power five, there's a team, and it's not all because of the transfer portal. But I think the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, I mean, you look at this uh, team, first of all, obviously the notable loss of Jameer Gibbs, their top running back and the top player in their program to Alabama, where I think he's going to be a standout this year for the Tide. Uh, That's the most notable loss. But they lost apparently 16 players off last year's team who started six games or more. So they don't have the type of depth to uh, offset those types of losses. Uh, in late March, and I'm sure they filled in some of these gaps, but they only had 75 scholarship players, so they were 10 short of the scholarship limit of 85. Uh, and also they only had 12 offensive linemen in camp, and six of those were either true freshmen or redshirt freshmen that either appeared in zero or one game uh, last year. So just, you know, they don't have enough quality players. They don't have enough uh, depth at different positions. Uh, You know, the first three seasons, Jeff Collins has won three games in each of those seasons. Obviously, Western Carolina in week two is going to be a a slam dunk, but I think they're going to be hard-pressed to win more than two games this year. So I think Georgia Tech's another team uh, to look at this week whose roster has really been decimated by Portal and other losses. Uh, That's one of my favorite uh, uh, win totals under as well. Still three and a half out there at uh, Modest Juice at like minus 135. And you talked about Western Carolina. That's where the the red wins stop on this Power 5 non-conference schedule. Ole Miss at Central Florida. 
between the hedges at Georgia. It's going to be tough sledding uh, for the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets uh, this year. I agree with you 100%. If there's ever been a roster in a schedule that says, Jeff Collins, you're not going to make it. I mean, this is it uh, in Atlanta. Let's move on to your top three, your best bets this weekend, week one, Paul. And let's go to uh, Bloomington, Indiana. And Tom Allen is, um, he went out, I think it was about 10 Power 5 transfers that he got the portal. Uh, Brett Bielema, we talked about him. Hey, year two, he was four and five in the Big Ten. Not bad because he would have to transfer their style of play. And they took advantage of a depleted Wyoming uh, team. DeVito, solid. Thought he got better. Got some of the kinks out from first half to the second half. You're looking at uh, Indiana minus three against the Illini here. Yeah, and actually I'm uh, I'm going to be with the uh, Illinois plus the three over the Hoosiers. And, you know, first of all, this is an Indiana team that last year they only averaged 10.4 points per game in Big Ten play. And that included a 35-point showing against Maryland. So they had very little offense. They do uh, get transfer quarterback Connor Bazelak from Missouri. Uh, he started there basically two seasons, threw for over 5,000 yards with a 23-17 to 17 touchdown to uh, interception ratio. But Bazelak, he just doesn't have any weapons there on offense. They, they don't have much returning. His top returning receiver, uh, DJ Matthews, only had 13 receptions here last year. And they don't, they don't even have a running back, uh, does Indiana, on their roster who rushed for over 100 yards last year. So they are really lacking uh, at the skill, skill position uh, areas there. Meanwhile, as you pointed out, Illinois had, has the advantage of a dress rehearsal last week in the 38-6 victory over Wyoming. Uh, they've got a great – and you did point out to back up a little bit, their new quarterback, Syracuse transfer Tommy DeVito, uh, did get the kinks out. He's got the advantage of – uh, playing a game, and he'll be better in game two than he was in the opener. Uh, but the main thing for this Illinois team is they're going to, you know, kind of the, the way that Brett Bielema likes to do it, they're going to try to win with that running game and tough defense. And Chase Brown's one of the most unheralded, uh, underrated backs, I believe, in the Big Ten, gained over 1,000 yards last year uh, against Wyoming, had 151 yards on 19 carries. So I just like uh, taking Illinois here. You've got an Indiana team coming off uh, – a winless Big Ten conference schedule last year. Only two games decided by less than 21 points. Illinois has a one-game head start. Got the great running back. I'll take Illinois plus three over Indiana. Yeah, the, the running back was uh, well over 150 yards again uh, in the opener against Wyoming. All right, let's go to this one. And the oddity in the schedule where a Power 5 team is making a visit to the a group of five venue. Well, it didn't work out for him too good, uh, too well four years ago when the Virginia Tech Hokies, as 28-point favorites, went into Old Dominion to Norfolk to take on the Old Dominion Monarchs. Uh, Brent Prime in his first year at Virginia Tech. Boy, their passing game really struggled uh, last year. And the Monarchs uh, took all of uh, 2020 off, started 2021-6, and six, and then got into a bowl game. They return a 1,000-yard uh, rusher, a 1,000-yard receiver. Uh, Virginia Tech on the road at Old Dominion, eight-and-a-half-point favorites, Paul. Yeah, and, and, you know, you did point out Old Dominion, the turnaround in the second half of 2021 made the bowl game, uh, got beat, I believe, in the bowl game by Tulsa, but the benefit of those extra practices. And as you mentioned, Old Dominion, one of the uh, most experienced, this is their first year in the Sun Belt, one of the more 
experienced teams in all of the Sun Belt. Uh, you mentioned their 1,100-yard rusher, Blake Watson, their 1,000-yard rusher, or receiver, rather, and Ali Jennings uh, got a quarterback back who's played uh, quite a bit. You look at Virginia Tech, meanwhile, and they've got the first-year head coach in Brent Pry, uh, formerly the defensive coordinator uh, at Penn State. So you look at a Virginia Tech team, again, that uh, not only has a new head coach, uh, they've got a lot of new faces and new places. They've got a, a new quarterback uh, in Grant Wells who transfers over from Marshall. And, uh, again, they don't have a whole lot, in, in my opinion, from what I'm seeing, they don't have a whole lot of returning playmakers at either the running back or the wide receiver position. Uh, their projected starter at running back, Malachi Nelson, apparently is going to miss the game due to injury. Their top returning receiver, Caleb Smith, only had 20 receptions last year. So I'm going to take an Old Dominion team that's more experienced going up against a Virginia Tech team with a new quarterback, a first-time college head coach, playing on a Friday night in Norfolk. I'll take uh, Old Dominion plus the points. Uh, I think it's going down a little bit. I, I might have saw seven and a half yeah, uh, there has. at Bet Rivers this morning. You can probably find some eight market wide, but take Old Dominion, the Monarchs, plus the points over Virginia Tech. All right, what a matchup uh, this is. At least it would have been for last year. Let's see if it will be again this year. Cincinnati's best team ever. And we have seen some Power 5 teams get into the college football playoff that uh, embarrass themselves way more than Cincinnati did. They didn't. They just didn't have the guys up front. Now, uh, Luke Fickle does return his entire offensive line, but most of it uh, against Arkansas. They make the trip to an SEC venue to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks. And so Traylon Burks is gone, but the big quarterback who really did. I love their coordinators. I think their combination with um, with Bryles and Odom is one of the best one-two combination coordinator combinations in all the SEC that uh, Pittman has put together in Fayetteville. Arkansas is six-point favorites against the Bearcats of Cincinnati, trying to replace all of those uh, players, including six on the defensive side that were taken in the NFL draft. Yeah, I mean, Cincinnati, that was a historic season last year, making the college football playoff, and you have to be impressed with what Luke Fickle has built there at Cincinnati. They're four, uh, 44 and seven, rather, over the last four seasons. Cincinnati, they do have 13 returning starters back, but you look at what they lost. I mean, a team like Cincinnati having nine players selected in the NFL draft, five of those players selected in the first 100 selections, and as you mentioned, a half a dozen of them on defense. And then you flip the script to the offensive side of the ball. And one of those losses, obviously very critical quarterback Desmond Ritter. Uh, he compiled a 44-6 and career record there as the starting quarterback for Cincinnati. And now uh, against Arkansas on Saturday, uh, he hasn't announced. Fickle hasn't his starting quarterback for, against the Razorbacks. It's either going to be Ben Bryant, who started his career at Cincinnati, transferred to Eastern Michigan, where he started for the Eagles last year. Now he's back at Cincinnati. It will either be Ben Bryant or Evan Prater, who's a little more athletic, and it might be a combination of the two. But there's got to be some drop-off there at quarterback. This is an interesting statistic in my mind, and certainly I'm not suggesting that all this regression is going to come in one season. But in Ritter's four seasons as the starting quarterback for Cincinnati, Arkansas collectively plus 23 in turnover margin. The four years prior, they were negative 20. So I think we're going to get closer to zero this year with Cincinnati. They just got too many uh, too many key losses. 
Arkansas as well, you know, they have scattered losses throughout their starting lineup as well, but they do have the benefit of having K.J. Jefferson back, uh, one of the top dual-threat quarterbacks in all the nation. So I'm going to take a, an Arkansas team. The way that I kind of broke this down, I think Arkansas gets at least a three-point advantage for the home field in Fayetteville. They get at least a three-point advantage at quarterback with K.J. Jefferson over Cincinnati's quarterback. And then I think the rest of the roster, I think Arkansas still is better in game one than an inexperienced Cincinnati squad with a lot of new faces in the starting lineup. So I'm going to recommend taking Arkansas minus six over Cincinnati in Fayetteville. And uh, two years at Sam Pittman, uh, he's out. He gets out the blocks quickly. Uh, both years, he started six and zero and four and zero against the spread uh, in those uh, two years. So Arkansas minus a six, Old Dominion right now plus seven and a half at Bet Rivers. You might be able to find it eight. Illinois plus three after a one and zero start with Northwestern. How about how about Helensky? Well, he's improved, huh? As a passer, that looked like a different offense and a different quarterback uh, in Dublin. I'll tell you, you know, Nebraska last year, obviously, they lost all the close games uh, all by single digits, but defense wasn't their problem. They played outstanding defense last year, have a lot of those guys back, uh, got Mathis, the transfer from TCU, to bolster the front four. So it's not like this is just a uh, bottom barrel power five defense that Northwestern was going up against, but they really, uh, as you said, Helensky played well. Uh, I thought the, uh, the running back hole, Tough runner, can catch the ball out of the backfield. I mean, uh, Pat Fitzgerald, the guy can coach a little bit. I mean, they had a miserable 3-9 and nine season last year, and they came out of the gate uh, with a win and looked like a different football team. And shame on Nebraska. I know that Scott Frost threw his uh, offensive assistance under the bus, but how about the defensive assistance? Uh, after Northwestern got the ball with the lead, they finished the game with 16 straight running plays. Now, three were they in a victory formation, but 13 in a row. Uh, when you didn't know what they were running. He's one of the most respected college football handicappers in all the land. Just ask veteran uh, bookmaker Chris Andrews out at the South Point. He'll tell you that. Paul Stone, he's with us every uh, every week uh, at this time. Paul, good luck. Let's get him again. Thank you. Everybody have a great weekend of college football.